Very cool. How are we all doing tonight? Excellent. Very good. Staying, uh, staying dry, I hope. We uh, praise God for the rain. It's so needed in this nation, but uh, at the same time, uh, let's try and avoid those colds and horrible things that come along with it, I think. Um, we've spoken a lot uh, about uh, the process and the journey that we're on here at The Rock. Um, as being transformed more and more into the likeness of the one that we follow, Christ Jesus. And um, Greg brought last week uh, in the morning that we love to have the goal. We love to have the end product without having to go through the process. And I can relate to this in the flesh, most definitely. Um, I'd love for Emma and I to get our new car where we can actually fit Olive's wardrobe, her toys, and the kitchen sink in the trunk um, straight away. It would solve all of our issues uh, in, in an instance. But there is a due process that we need to go on. We need to discipline ourselves to budget, assess our spending in other areas, and come up with a savings scheme. All of which, to the flesh, to, to what we go through, it can be seen as arduous, uh, it can be slow. It can even test our resolve. But at the end of the process, the fruit is visible to see. And we'll have learned something about ourselves along the journey. Now, what I'm coming to realize is that the same needs to be applied to our process of transformation into the likeness of Christ. And what I want to share tonight is how the power of vulnerability before God and one another on this journey will produce life. You know, it has produced life in me to overcome. It has produced life in me to bring generosity out of uh, a place of darkness. It's, it's, it's produced a place in which I have come to love others, which are the people that maybe I would never have thought I could love or come to love. And that's just the incredible work which God has, has done within my life as I've entered on this process and allowed vulnerability to be a core, uh, a core aspect of what uh, God has taken me on in this journey. I want us to open up to the truth that that can become your reality this very evening. I've asked Clay and, uh, and the team to sing an itemized song for us tonight. A lot of you will know the song, but I want to encourage you to allow the lyrics to, to wash over you and allow the spirit to bring something or, you know, to bring some things to the foreground that he wants you to get vulnerable with him about. Okay. The lyrics say you want to be whole. You want to have purpose inside. You want to have virtue and purify your mind. You want to be set free today, then lay it all down before the king. Okay, God is strongly, he's just been pressing on me this theme of laying it all down before the king. Getting vulnerable with him. And you see, if we want wholeness, if we want purpose, if we want virtue, if we want purity of mind, if we want freedom in our lives, it can only be found in Him. So just in this time now, I just wanted to um, 
to, to do this song. So let's just soak and let's allow our spirits just to connect with his, either by saying amen in your heart to the lyrics sung, or maybe if you've got journals with you, if you've got um, pens, just write down some of those things that you're struggling to be vulnerable about with him tonight. And uh, let's open ourselves to receive what God is wanting to speak to us about this whole area of vulnerability. Thanks, guys. Wanna be real. Wanna be empty inside. Wanna be someone. Just laying down their pride. Wanna be someone someday. And lay it all down before the king. I want to be whole I want to have purpose inside I want to have virtue And purify your mind I want to be set free today And lay it all down before the King This is my desire, this is my return, this is my desire to be used by you. Wanna be emptied inside, wanna have purpose. Won't you purify my mind? I wanna be set free today. Lay it all down before the king. Yeah, cause this is my desire. This is my return This is my desire To be used by you To be used by you This is my Cause this is my desire This is my return This is my desire to be all my life. I have seen where you've taken me beyond all that I've hoped. And there's more left unseen. There's not much I can do to repay all you've done. So I give my hands to yours, cause this is my desire, this is my return. 
God, we want to be real before you tonight. We want to lay it all down before the King. This is the very posture that you're calling us as your people. To release everything into your capable hands. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would reveal yourself. Reveal your identity. Reveal the fullness of your character to us tonight. That we would come into this reality that we can trust you. We can trust you, God. We can be vulnerable before you and we can have faith that the the very things that you are taking us through, the very design of this journey that you have us on, Lord, is not by chance... It's not to push us down, but it's to bring us into that freedom. It's to bring us into that very place of intimacy where I know you and you know me and I have your heart's desire imprinted on me. Your very presence is flowing and bubbling up out from within me over onto the people that I come into contact with. Father God, if there are things, Lord, that we know we are holding on to that are not of you, that we would lay them down before the King, the King of Kings. We sung it earlier tonight, Lord, you are faithful. You are so faithful. Lord, help us to trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Last time um, I spoke, I spoke to you guys on the topic of I need you. And um, I spoke about, sorry, let me grab a tissue. I spoke about the importance of uh, discipleship and the uh, the closeness of, of needing one another along that process. As we, um, as we journey for uh, truth and clarity in the spirit um, and using the example of uh, the sower and sowing of the seed. And the four key points that I raised was uh, misunderstanding is not to lead to division but a desire to press in closer and for love to come through even more. And I gave the example of Christ and how he communicated with his disciples, how he walked with his disciples in love, despite there being division of understanding or clarity. He chose to press in and love rather than to walk away from them. Um, Secondly, we need to root ourselves in environments where our roots will go deep and last a long time. Here at The Rock, we have many different examples of environments in which we um, can walk together and know him um, through life groups, connect, services, mountain movers, through fuel. Um, 
number three was to create an environment where we as his people will not allow the thorns to overpower the fruit that Christ is wanting to to call forth within our lives but um but that we would uh we would also uh, carry one, ch- one another's burdens but not attach ourselves to the thorns that come with it. So the importance of healthy relationships that reinforce the direction um, and uh, of, of actually being led back to the Father and to intimacy with Christ. And then fourthly, that we would become a church that encourages us to sow deeper into the presence of God uh, and his greater purpose for us as the body, and I use the um, the, the the seedling, the um, the sweet pea example of of the importance of the pressing in um, to to actually allow ourselves to go deeper and deeper into him, that a fruit would come forth a hundred, sixty, thirty times. What I've understood lately, though, is as I've put a love on instead of choosing division or uh, placing myself within these environments of, uh, of knowing him and loving, uh, and loving others, is that if I do not have a vulnerable and authentic attitude within my heart, then these places in which I place myself, I, there's the potential for me to go round and round. The mountain. There's the potential for me to um, go round and round the mountain in my thinking, the way in which I read the word, the way in which I even communicate it to you guys here. If I'm not vulnerable, if I'm not authentic in my attitude with 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 you guys, and in sharing um, the journey in which I'm on, how am I to grow? How am I to walk deeper? into the the very truth the very potential of christ's nature that he has available for me so what is it about vulnerability that gets us cringing what is it about vulnerability that makes us just want to curl up into a ball i um has just been reading an article from um dr breen brown and she's a professor at the university of houston uh, graduate college of social work and she explains this phenomenon. She says, um, facilitating between I am here and I love you, and I'm going to reveal my innermost to you, and I am scared to death that you'll reject me. Ironically, the vulnerability we try desperately to avoid may be the key to a successful relationship. Research shows that the quality that makes a relationship last is its degree of affection, and affection implies vulnerability. Brown, an expert on social connection, conducted thousands of interviews to discover the root of deep social connection. Get this. A thorough analysis of the data revealed what it was. Vulnerability. Vulnerability here does not mean being weak or submissive. To the contrary, it implies the courage to be the you that God intended. It involves uncertainty. It involves risk and emotional exposure. Although we may try to run from vulnerability, it is an inevitable part of social relationships. Even outside of romance, vulnerability is something we encounter frequently, whether it's calling someone who has just lost a child asking a friend to help, taking responsibility for something that went wrong at work maybe, confronting a family member about their behavior, or sitting by the bedside of somebody who is terminally ill. 
Opportunities for vulnerability present themselves for us every day. The question is whether we will take them. Why do we fear vulnerability? We're afraid that if someone finds out who we really are, they'll reject us. While we may try to appear perfect, strong, or intelligent in order to connect with others, in actual fact, pretense often has the opposite effect intended. An incredible study. And that's so true of just to think a little bit more deeply about how best that we relate to each other. I can only react a certain way to you dependent upon how much you let me in. Okay? I, 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 I'm also of, of the mind that it will also be a de- definition of the depth of relationship that I can have with you. Do you see the correlation between what I've just said there and the way in which we approach our intimacy with the Father? God can only be who we allow him to be when we open ourselves up, when we become vulnerable, when we uh, uh, reveal the very things on our heart to him and allow him into those areas so that he can redefine them, so that he can speak the life into those areas. And that, in turn, with the way in which we relate and communicate with with one another, has has God changed the way in which we approach people at the front of the door saying, how are you doing? How are you doing? It's got to go to another level. Just, I'm fine, or I'm good, just isn't going to cut it. And I've realized this in my own life. I'm I'm finding myself wanting to be more vulnerable with the people who ask me that question. Because if if I'm giving you the very base level, of, of how I'm feeling, how on earth am I supposed to build relationship? How am I supposed to build discipleship and work through the very things that God is impressing upon my heart to deal with if I'm only willing to go at a very basic level? Vulnerability is when we expose ourselves before God and those whom God has called us to walk with so that we can be built into the design that he's always called us to be. And my first point tonight is vulnerability is an area that we as his church are to be walking in daily, as modeled to us by Christ Jesus. Do you know that Christ was in a constant position of vulnerability? You may ask the question, well, why would, why would Jesus need to be vulnerable? You know, he... Oh, he didn't struggle with financial problems. He didn't struggle with trying to find a car big enough to fit a child and everything else that comes in with it. The thing is, is he was constantly exposing himself before the Father. He was constantly being vulnerable before him. Every moment that he, that he had free to himself, he took that opportunity to, to sit with the Father and to expose the very things that was on his heart. Yeah, we've got to remember that he was posed with exactly the same temptations that we are exposed to today. But in exposing himself, he was able to come out with statements such as, I only do what the Father commands. Your will, Father, and not my own. Christ was in a constant place of repentance, where he was having his mind renewed 
as he chose to press in and allow for God's, God's will in his life to be the defining factor. Where you go, I go. What you say, I say. Such a powerful song that we sing, but it's the very pattern that Christ modeled for us in, 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 in portraying this, this vulnerability before the Father. Christ encouraged the Pharisees to be vulnerable. Matthew 23, 25 to 28, Christ was getting quite, quite strongly um, empowered to speak these words over the Pharisees. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisees first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside also will be clean. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the deeds and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Harsh words from Christ, but, you know, it's incredible how easy for us to fall into the same trap. So easy for us to fall in the same trap. I know that in my own life I've had that same pharisaical spirit. I'm fine, guys. I'm doing great. I'm, I'm top of the world. You know, Christ in me, yeah? <laughs> I, look at, I, look, I look the business. I look the peace. But on the inside, I'm hurting Things are happening in my life that I have no control over or things that I just do not understand of what Father is doing in my life. And yet if I am portraying something to you that is great, you'll take that as being the model. And that's not, that's not what Christ was saying. Christ was saying, look to the very things that are inside of you, the very things that I'm calling you to be transformed from, the very things that I see in your life that I want to bring, I want to bring fruit of instead of the thorns I want to bring life into. Allow me to crush and to mold and change those things so that what actually does come on the outside is a true reflection of me, a true reflection of me. And, man, it's not easy, is it? Let's be honest tonight. I want to be vulnerable with you tonight. It's not easy. But one of the things that God really showed me in, in this whole area is God getting me to expose the way in which I love people. You say, oh, Simon, but, you know, you're a pastor. You must, surely you must love everybody. And everybody must just, you must just be delighted with everybody that you come into contact with. That was so not the truth, unfortunately. I, uh, I'll give you a bit of back context. As a, as a kid, I was, um, I was bullied. I was bullied at, um, junior, in junior school. Um, you know, very, very petty things, very childlike things, you know, things like you smell and because you've, you've been in touch with this particular girl. And, uh, and, you know, you've now got the lurgy and all the things of it. But incredibly, you know, the, the power of words. They have the power to bring life or death. And in that situation, it really, really took me to a dark place. But I, incredibly, as a nine-year-old boy, chose to press into the Father. 
I chose to get on my knees at the end of my bed each night to pray for those people who were speaking the lies against me, who were speaking the, 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 the animosity towards me. And as, as I continued to enter on that process and just praying daily, 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 I was seeing transformation in the lives of the kids that I was being affected by. But not only was that happening, there was something that was happening in my own life. There was this um, almost Teflon cloak that was being placed upon me in which harsh words would just slip away, in which the things that, that people would, would come up against me would just fall off because they had no meaning. The only meaning of the, the, the things that I was looking for were the very words that God said about me. Even as a 19-year-old boy, it's amazing to, to think the transformation that God can do in that situation. But that was just the very start of it because I can come and I can be in this position that I am now, but forgiveness and love and those things can, don't necessarily have to be at the core. And Christ was just been convicting, just convicted me recently. He said, Simon, the position that you're in right now, is it a job or is it a lifestyle? Is it something that you're, you're just putting on? Are you just putting on love for the sake of fulfilling a role? for fulfilling something that, uh, that, that you've just been placed in in this season? Or are you actually living it out as a lifestyle so that whoever you come into contact, Christian, non-believer, whoever, will receive the same love of Christ? The same love of Christ. And b- being vulnerable before him included me being on my knees. It included chats with Greg, chats with my wife, being vulnerable about the very situations that were going on in my life and the people that I was coming into contact with and allowing them to not give me direction, but to point me back to the very person who I needed to go to, to receive that revelation, to receive the very love that would be defined by him and not by myself. Him revealing more of his grace and mercy in my life to reveal the picture of how wide and how vast that is for others just even in worship there tonight i'm just in tears at the transformation of complete muck and filth that i've come from to the transformation of new life of resurrected life of love and grace and mercy that is available to me every day that if I choose to embrace and walk in can be a reality in my life. Sharing this with people in a safe environment where I could just be myself and it becoming evident that the way that people look at me, the way in which it's a, a testament of my life now, is becoming more and more evident, even just in the way in which I frustrate Greg about not throwing the Spurs results <laughs> against Liverpool in his face. He's seen that change in me. That's an element of love right there. <laughs> Vulnerability is scary, but it's also a powerful and authentic way to live. And I want to speak to this, this, this myth, um, or just, sorry, just this whole area of vulnerability is weakness. I think that let's just take a real look at the question is how do we perceive weakness? 
okay, because that will shape the very way in which you approach being vulnerable before your Father in heaven and between those that you're doing life with, those people that you're walking closely with. Back to my uh, good friend, Dr. Breen Brown. She's a According to her, the funny thing about vulnerability is that we love when others are open and honest with us, but when it comes time for us to share, we sort of freak out. Suddenly, our vulnerability is a sign of weakness. Brown describes vulnerability as the core of all emotions. To feel is to be vulnerable, she says. So when we consider vulnerability to be a weakness, we consider feeling one's emotions to be so too, she says. But being vulnerable connects us with others. It opens us up to love, joy, creativity, and empathy, she says. As Brown says, vulnerability sounds like truth and feels like courage. The empowering that comes from vulnerability for others to be open with you and the opportunities to overcome is is vast and just just experiencing that now with a number of people that I'm walking with. And if we're sitting in a group and somebody just is open and honest about where they're at with God or things that are that are happening in their life which are uh, are, are giving a uh, a skewed view of the way in which God sees them and loves them and wants to have relationship with them. And amazingly, the, the openness of that one person just sends like uh, wildfire throughout the rest of the group. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm experiencing exactly the same thing. I'm going through exactly the same thing. And, and how empowering is it that when we choose to live a life of vulnerability, where we reel with one another, that it actually empowers others around us to get real as well is that it should encourage us to, to press in, to not actually walk away, but to show that love and to show that compassion and desire to seek him further for the answers, to seek him for what is truth. About a year and a half ago, my experience of being vulnerable before you as a community about my addiction to pornography came out and I didn't realize that in the whole process of being vulnerable before leadership, before those that were close around me, including, including my wife, how, how much pain and how much, um, there was shame, I'll be honest, there was shame that, that, that was attached to me at that time in which I got vulnerable. But the process that Christ took me on with people that I placed myself with, with the very words and encouragement that came from his word, through entering into his presence instead of being afraid, so that half the problem was is that I was afraid to be somebody that God was calling me to be and and as people, we're, we're so akin to resorting back to the very thing that we know, the very, the, you know, the easy path that is laid out before us. But as I journeyed this out, I came into truth. I came into 
the very purpose and the very vision that God had for me and the way in which he saw me and the way in which I could overcome that was replacing the lies that I'd held on to for so long and placing his truth of how the spirit was to be my comforter, of how the spirit was to to be the very thing that I could trust, that I could rely on, that I could pursue in those times of temptation. And amazingly, when I got up and I shared this, I didn't really understand the repercussion, not in the, the, the magnitude of how much freedom that that brought to a lot of other people and the amount of freedom that that has now brought for many other brothers and many other people who, who struggle in those areas, that they've been able to feel comfortable coming to me, approaching me about those, those things. And again, it's not about me. It's not about what, uh, what I've done, but it's about coming back to that place of returning to, to him and, and what he has done for me and, and, and allowing those truths to be set in rather than having those lies. Incredible freedom. Incredible freedom. How he revealed a generous spirit to me through being vulnerable with brothers and sisters who were willing to listen and press me into God. I came over to this country thinking that I was the man in television. <laughs> I had all the, you know, I had heaps of experience. I had seven years experience working for the BBC, working for uh, a lot of uh, independent film companies. And I thought that coming to New Zealand, the home of Peter Jackson, the home of Lord of the Rings, would be my chance, my opportunity for the red carpet to be rolled out, the tux to come out, directed by Simon English. Wow, how big-headed. <laughs> but, but at the same time, the very thing that I felt or thought that God had placed a passion on my heart to, uh, to, to, to go after was there and was present. I came over to this country with uh, a, a, a large sum of money um, to, uh, to, to start life here with Emma. And in the space of five, six months, I was down to my last $10. It was crazy. It wasn't even spending on, you know, on elaborate things. We needed a car to, to get around. We got a car. We needed to pay expenses and pay rent. All those, all those things that, you know, you guys experience and, and go through. But what was it that I needed to, to do to get this whole thing turned around? It wasn't until I got myself in that place of vulnerability first and foremost before God but also with people within this family and started to nut out those questions started to 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 ask why God why God why why all of a sudden am I am I in complete poverty in my own mindset that was the way in which I perceived poverty and I've come over here, marrying the most beautiful woman that I've ever seen. I want to start a life here in New Zealand. And it feels as though you're just stripping it all away. You're just taking it all away from me. And in that vulnerability, 
of going there with God, of getting honest and real. But you know what? Like, uh, and that's that's something I just really want to reemphasize: bringing that authenticness towards your prayer life is so important, is so crucial, because God, you know, God can God can respond to a, to a list of requests. I, I I don't deny that, but He wants your heart. He wants the very thing that's within you that's gonna that's gonna open you up to to the very revelations, the very things that he's wanting you to walk into. So we need to we need to get real. We need to be to be honest and and to allow ourselves to go there. And for me in doing that, getting on my knees and saying, God, I've got nothing. I've got nothing in this situation. I can't you know, I can't bring my expertise into this situation because it's getting me nowhere. I can't bring my own mindset of, of, of the way in which I perceive the importance of money in my life. You've got, there's, some, there's, some, there's got to be something that you do. And in that letting go, being on my knees, being vulnerable before him, he said, now's the time. Now your posture is in the place in which I need you to be. And in having that posture, all of us, having that posture of vulnerably coming before him, he turns up. I'm completely in agreement with what Greg says about the way in which we honor God. He will honor us. I placed my desires, my passions, those things that I thought were the things that God was calling me to. I placed them to one side, allowed me to get out of the way, and allowed him to come in and to define those very things. And this was a long process, but I thank the brothers and sisters in my life for not saying, okay, I'll be your fix-it man. I'll be the people you know, that, that can actually sort you out with the finances to, to get you up and running on your film or, you know, or anything along those lines. But it was actually each time, what's God saying? What is God's picture for you? What are you being asked of? What's, what is the transformation that God is calling you to? And so weakness for me is something very different. And I look at it through the eyes of Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 to 10. He says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You know, it's, it's taken me 29 years to realize that even if I am the, the head of my household, there's a different responsibility on my life. And as part of that whole role and, and that position, I'm actually called to a, a place of positioning myself under as being uh, foundational. And in that position, it's not my own strength, but it's Christ's strength 
It's the foundation of who he is and who he says that I am that's actually defining that position. And so when I think of weakness, I don't think of it anymore as a bad thing, but more of a, an impetus on relying on him. Because if he says that in my weakness, the, the, the very strength, the very power of God is allowed to, to move and operate in my life, who better? Who better to have in that position? Who better to, to have in that foundation than the very strength of Almighty God? And so I just want to encourage us tonight. I don't want us to enter into relationships with people that are not in, not half-hearted that's not what I that's not what I mean but entering into relationships where we we're not doing the very iron sharpening iron that was modeled to us the very true fellowship that we're called to and that's why I say those four points that I read out at the beginning, they still stand. Is the importance of placing ourselves in environments where we can grow, encouraging one another, carrying each other's burdens. All of those things are important. But if we don't allow ourselves to be vulnerable, if we don't allow ourselves to, to come to, to one another, then how are we to come into the very fullness of what Christ is calling us as his people to be and do. And we want to be defined by him, right? We want to be defined by the very thing that that he says within his word. We want to be coming more and more into the likeness of Christ. And so I know, as I've experienced, as I've testified tonight, and there are more things. I'm sure I could testify in a heap of other areas. But I know that the more... I lay myself down before him. And also the more I lay myself before people, whom I trust, and I recognize that. I recognize that we're not to, to blurt out all of our dirty laundry to everybody. That's important as well. I want to make that point. But people who you are intentionally walking with in order to come into this greater reality, this kingdom reality that we speak about, then we need to be vulnerable with one another. I want to walk with you because I need you. I need you to refine because you have revelations. You have walked through with the Father things that I haven't walked through yet. And I'm excited about that journey. And if I'm vulnerable enough to say, do you know what, Paul, I don't have the revelation and the intimacy of, of prayer that you have or walking in that understanding, can I humble myself and come before you and say, would you walk with me in that? Let's walk in vulnerability. Let's walk in vulnerability. I think I'm going to leave it there. I just thank God for for the journey which he has us on. That um, this week as we we meet together, in our one-on-ones or small groups that we would actually carry the spirit of vulnerability into those environments 
that it would be something that is catching, that is not scary, but is read out that brings love, that brings joy, that brings abundance. And the very thing that he's calling us into. I'm so excited about the things that God has been doing in my life as I take this journey. And I want others to enjoy in the same very pattern that God has laid out for us on this journey as well. Let's pray. Jesus Christ, I thank you. I thank you that you were vulnerable before us all. You were vulnerable before your Father. You came down onto this earth as a man to model it to us, to model the pattern. And Father, I just I thank you that you sent your son for that very purpose. That he would define, that he would show us that by walking in the very power of submission, of openness, of transparency before you about how he was feeling towards going to that cross in the Garden of Gethsemane. Father, you were allowed to do an incredible work in him. Jesus, thank you for your vulnerability. Thank you for submitting to the process and the incredible fruit that came through your death and resurrection. Jesus, I pray that as we journey together, as we may have questions about more and more what that looks like in our day-to-day. I pray that we would not walk away from each other. We would not be divided, but we would choose to love and put that love on in order that vulnerability can be a safe place in that you can work in our hearts. You can mold us. You can transform us. Nothing is impossible for you. And Father, I thank you for your promise that you will never leave us nor forsake us along that journey. You continue to walk beside us. And as you walk beside us, you communicate, you will share the very heart desire that you have. We will be defined by you. And as we're defined, as we're being defined by you as we're sharing to those things, as we're testifying to those things, Lord. Father, more and more people will come into this uh, desire for, for being vulnerable before you, being vulnerable before one another. Father, you have called us the goal is oneness, is unity. And Father, I thank you that vulnerability allows that unity to be grown, strengthened, developed within your church you are returning for a bride that is spotless and father if we are not vulnerable with you if we're not vulnerable with one another lord there are potentials for gaps to be created within the body 
You're coming for a wholeness. You're coming for wholeness, Lord. And so, Father, we speak wholeness into everybody's life tonight. Lord, as that song has said, we want to be real. We want to be vulnerable before you. We want to be vulnerable between our brothers and sisters. That we would come into a greater reality of your kingdom, of who you say we are, and then to walk in that reality. Father, I don't want to sit in my current revelation, but I want to pursue you more. I want to pursue you, you and you alone. Help us to be defined by that, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.